Hey, this week I got somebody who came from East L.A. He was a Barrio bad boy. I'm telling you, this guy uh, was bad news for a long, long time and then turned it around and now is recognized as the founder of the Quantum Leap Advantage, the QLA, Revolutionary Method for Super Success, and he's been doing this for 23 years. Now, he's a former Army officer who's now produced over $50 billion worth of equity and value uh, since 1993. Some people are calling him the billion-dollar man. We're going to find out what his secrets are, and we're going to find out why he uses such freaking bad language. Now, I'm known for a little bad language from time to time, but this guy actually uses some really bad, bad language. And we're going to find out what he's doing and how he's taking his mentees and devotees and creating unprecedented levels of success. And is it really happening? So welcome to All Business right here, Dan Pena. From Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, Dan, so my first question is, looking at all the background on, on you, uh, I'm an avid hunter, outdoorsman, I, you know, was shooting my gun, shooting my cannon this weekend because they're actually filming or taping this uh, during the 4th of July week. And so I got a cannon I set up on my bridge. But I saw that you actually killed a bear with a knife. Was that on purpose or by accident? Uh, it was on purpose, but I slowed him down with a 454 console handgun and at the time it was the biggest handgun around that's a big caliber yeah and but i slowed <laughs> him down and then i i leapt on him and he's in my trophy room what kind of bear was it it was a uh kodiak holy crap man that's like for those that are listening one of the biggest bears in the world so just 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 totally powerful and believable it's it's you know probably that's a pretty uh pretty unique accomplishment so when you know, people ask me this a lot of times in, in my career. So what's the biggest thing you've ever done? What's your answer? Well, the most astonishing is that I got run over by a charging buffalo in Australia and lived to talk about it. And were you out hunting doing that or were you just? Yes, I was. And the uh, again with a handgun. And as he ran over me, uh, he put one hoof in my on my groin. And I now have an artificial hip. And he put the other mm. hoof on my shoulder and I have an artificial shoulder. And when I f pulled the trigger, the bullet went through his chin, through his nose, but missed his brain. And then I chased him off into the uh, jungle and ultimately killed him. Wow. What, what year did you do this? this 1991. 91. That's amazing. Which is fabulous. What, so let's get into, I want to get into the business side. We'll probably come back to the personal side because okay. I, I just enjoy stories like that. And, and, and of course, enjoyed your background uh, with the, the military background and all the history that you've got there as well. Um, my, my father was in the military. Um, did you serve in Vietnam? No, I didn't. I, I know you, ser you served during that time. Oh, yes. Uh, during that yeah. era, I was an infantry OCS and uh, in the infinite wisdom of the Army, uh, U.S. Army, they sent me to, uh, to NATO, and I served yeah. with NATO All right. in Europe. Oh, yeah. my, my dad was in the United States Air Force, served three tours in Nam. So when I saw that you were an officer in the Army at that time, I thought maybe you'd serve there as well. But there's lots of places to serve, and, and we thank you for that. So Th Thank you. 
Let me let me ask you. Talk to me about QLA. What is the quantum leap advantage? I want to jump into that and then talk about then some of the accomplishments that you've led people through, um, and then also talk about some of the most controversial things I think you've said um, in your career as well. So, but let's talk about QLA first. What's QLA? Okay. Uh, I developed QLA after I was thrown out of the public company that I founded, uh, and the, uh, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I taught university one year, and uh, then some good friend of mine said, Dan, you turned uh, 800 bucks into 500 million. Why don't you tell that story mm-hmm. in eight years in a declining market? So I came up with a name, Quantum Leap Advantage, because the way I do it then and now uh, is a big advantage. I mean, it's basically walking into banks without a mask and a gun and doing it absolutely, <laughs> absolutely legally. Um, and the, uh, we have, a, it's very simple, seven steps. And uh, we've created uh, over $50 billion in equity and value through my students, my mentees, my devotees in the last 24 years. Uh, but it's basically, simplistically, by the way, everything on my, all, everything I'm about to tell you is free on my website. It's free because I don't sell anything. Um, and the, uh, but basically, if debt service is covered by cash flow, free cash flow, you can buy anything. I say again, if cash flow covers debt service, you don't need equity. And so it's based on looking for a motivated seller where those requirements are, um, are present. And, uh, and I've been doing it 45 years for myself and 24 years for my uh, mentees. So, so what's that mean? So you're not building equity in the company. So if you're running the business, the cash flow runs the business itself. And then after a bit, you sell it as yeah, you build well, up more cash yeah, flow. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And then you bolt on and you use, as you improve the operations, etc. cetera, uh, then you continue to build on, then you bolt on other companies that are uh, uh, in a similar uh, uh, area that you are, but structure follows strategy. And so you continue and you may buy five, six, seven, 15, 20 companies, and then you either sell them to an industry player or take them public. Yeah. So then are you, are you then leveraging that for the debt against the debt, but Correct. the cash flow covers the Correct. debt, right? Yeah, Correct. So make, which is a, you know, actually, quite frankly, a fairly simple system and one that a lot of great, great businesses do. So you find those, those, those pieces of properties that are actually good businesses that are just really good cash flow businesses. You know, it's amazing sometimes, Dan, that you, you, you know, a lot of people talk to me. I did this this morning with my team and I showed them how we're going to move into this one particular business. And it actually is tied to our C-suite radio business. And, and I showed them where we're running off good cash flow. And I said, even if we don't sell the business, we got a great business with good cash flow. Which means it's, it becomes a good lifestyle business. If you're throwing off, let's say, you know, hundreds of thousands or even millions a year, it's a great, it's a damn good business to be able to run. And that's really what you're talking about here. And you just take that money and then leverage it against another business that then that builds up the next one and the next one and the next one. Correct. Do you think they have to be connected? Connected? No. Well, yes. Like, let's say if you're going to be in healthcare, if you're going to be in uh, internet. If you're going to be in construction, uh, the um, but healthcare is a great business for roll-ups. 
Yeah, well, especially um, a lot of mature, some of the mature businesses that are out there in terms of the clinics and so forth. But even the new ones, the new new service mentality of, I don't know, what do they call these uh, these walk-in clinics that you're able to go in? I don't know what they're called today. I can't remember. Emer- go- emergency, excuse me, emergency care clinics, and we're rolling yep. those up. Yep. But what you need is a motivated seller. Yeah. If you don't have a motivated seller, they're not going to uh, dance with you. Well, that's always the case. So you got to find somebody else that has the opposite problem of what you've got. Correct. So they need they need the revenue more than and you need and you're using the cash flow. So one or the other. So if you can find that, that's a pretty good deal. And they're there. So yeah. So you said you don't sell anything. So how the hell do you make money? No, no, no. I'm saying we either sell. Oh no. Oh, you mean uh, me personally? Yeah, yeah. I go to your oh, website. I, I find all this stuff, and you're doing free. the interviews. So how do you make money? I don't want to sound braggadocious, but I haven't had to work in 35 years. Well, that's okay. There's nothing. Bra- hey, it, it's not bragging when it's true. Yeah. So, and the, so. uh, I decided uh, several years ago that my passion in life, my goal in life is to bring the kids across the goal line. If I have to kick them, poke them, hit them with a sledgehammer. Uh, and uh, the reason I give the product away free it's because I'm taking the last excuse they might have for not doing it. Because right now, the current generation and a half connote reading a book, listening to a podcast with taking action. <laughs> that's not. All that's doing is procrastinating, so you don't have to take a decision. I like your thinking. Let me take a quick break for a second. Very good. And then I want to come back because I want to talk more on that. I want to talk about getting people off their ass because that's exactly what you're saying. Because an idea without implementation is just air. Okay. Correct. So. All right, so let me talk about my friends at Dunkin' Donuts because speaking of hard work, uh, you'll appreciate if you you pre, if you appreciate hard work, you should appreciate Dunkin'. Man, this is a this is a hard working brand. They're certainly doing some hard work as they've grown to over eight thousand restaurants in forty one states. That's just here in the U S. and another three thousand plus in thirty six countries. So it sounds like it's not just America that runs on Dunkin'. It's pretty much everywhere, and we run on Dunkin' right here because I love Dunkin'. Man, I had I've already had three coffees this morning um, before I get up. And of course, we're talking to, to Dan Pinion. Dan's out in Scotland. I, I can only imagine how much he's drank. But but my producer likes his Dunkin' Ice. My assistant takes hers black. And I'm powered by like quad espressos. Dan, do you like, do you drink Dunkin'? Uh, yes, I do. And I have a great story for you. Um, uh, a former uh, devotee of mine who was my transaction lawyer who's currently the governor of Florida, Rick Scott, uh, worked his way through uh, college and law school, legend has it. He bought one Dunkin' Donut, and then he bought two Dunkin' Donuts, and then he had three Dunkin' Donuts, and that's how he supported himself through university and law school. That's awesome. You know, they're great franchises, and of course, there's there's Nigel Topless. He's a, a British guy. Um, and he's the CEO of the, of, and he used to be at Burger King prior to that. I did a big television episode on Duncan. I, I really like the company. They got great, great people. Their CFO just recently left and he's over at another business. I can't remember which one, but another Boston area business. So we talked about, you know, the younger folks today and, uh, you know, reading the book, listening to podcasts. I don't want to knock people listening to podcasts, but it takes more than just listening. You, you, you actually talk about just doing it, get off your ass, right? Well, yeah, I, I say just fucking do it. Yeah, <laughs> I take that. I, take I the, love that. I, I I forgot. That's right. You did say that. Just fucking do it. Yeah, well, I goes. take the I take the Nike uh, uh, saying and I add the f word. 
Yeah. You swear a lot? Yes, I do. Yeah. Well, you know, another one, that I, another saying I thought was pretty cool that you picked up, you you, you said, did, did you actually say this? Dress, dress British, think Yiddish. Correct. Yes, I did. When I so, first came, I first came to London, the advice uh, I had, one of my mentors was Konstantin Grazos, who was the CEO of Onassis Shipping Lines. And he was the right hand man for 60 years for Aristotle Onassis. And he says, you're going to uh, uh, Britain now, Mr. Pena, uh, dress British and think Yiddish. Mm-hmm. And he meant it as a compliment. Yeah, I was going to say, some people would see that as a very derogatory kind of thing. Yeah, well, especially now with political correctness going crazy. You think we've gone too far with that? Yes, sir. So what do you think has got to do to change that? I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime, unfortunately. But I believe that political correctness is a manifestation of lack of self-esteem. You talk a lot about self-esteem. It's the it, basis it, of all high that, performance. Yeah, well, I was going to say, was that an issue for you when you were growing up, or was it, or you just uh, see that in other people? No, I, well, it, it was. I was a mama's boy till I was about ten or eleven, and uh, and then I uh, I realized I didn't know what alpha male meant, but I had an alpha, super alpha male dad, hero from two wars. And then I realized that I wasn't like him and I wanted to grow up and be like him. So mm. I started doing bizarre things uh, as a child and, uh, and I continued to do them as an adult because... Like, have... like, like, stab, like stabbing a bear or ha- handgun with a wild buffalo. Because look, I, I'm a fairly big guy. I think I'm fairly brave. But, you know, could we be honest with you, I wouldn't be doing that shit. Yeah, well, the, uh, I'm a big guy too. And uh, but uh, it doesn't matter uh, how big you are yeah. uh, when you when you get uh, you know when you get close up like that. But I mean the whole idea uh, is, uh, in my judgment, is to learn how to get comfortable being uncomfortable, continuing to stretch your comfort zone every day. And one of the things I teach the kids to do is do something that scares you every day. Scares you every day. What? That's being in business. Well, that, that's well. A lot of the kids that come here aren't in business. <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, I told them the, the definition of an entrepreneur to me is three days to make a pay- payroll and you just got your third notice to evict you from your house. So, I, you know, I'm a believer in no pain, no gain, which is what you're talking about in, in a large extent. Correct. And so by stretching yourself, it's how you grow. That's why, I, you know, quite frankly, I was talking with my family this week who were home with me. And, you know, one of them was complaining to me. He said, Jeff, why don't you talk to us? I said, because you're all talking about stuff I don't want to freaking talk about, like the weather and bullshit stuff. I said, that's just, to me, mindless chatter. Now, if we want to talk about, is Trump doing a good job? If we want to talk about this or that or, or the, you know, uh, the, the difference between Palestinian and Jews in, in the left bank, right bank, middle bank, whatever you want to talk, talk about, let's have some discussion around that. Because to me, that's more stimulating. It moves and it, and it stretches you. Even if, you, if, you're, if your opinion is so fucking wrong, at least it gets you somewhere else than you were before. So it's again what you're talking about is you you, you use the words you know scaring the shit out of someone or scaring yourself, right? So yep. it's the same thing. Correct. But so most people wh- don't do that. Yeah. So what do you do every day to do that? Well, uh, I uh, well part of it what what I do is I still do physical things. I still push mm-hmm. myself. For example. You know, I, I, uh, in the last 12 months, uh, I've had two artificial knees put in because of the, the banged up crazy stuff that I've done. 
the um, the uh, but running more or less a hundred businesses, which is I mentor the kids for free for a year. Uh, I mean, uh, like I just uh, got off the phone before I got on with you. The the guy um, has uh, thought he sold his business to a, a big industry player, and they pulled the plug uh, the day before it was supposed to close. Um, he made all the arrangements as if he already spent half the money against my advice. And so now he's up against the wall. So he's got to find a seller mm-hmm. between now and the, the 1st of August, or he's going to have to go BK. Yeah. You see, do you see that a lot in terms of just stupid mistakes like that with people? Yes. Yes, I see it. I see it every week. Not every day, but every week. Why don't you think people uh, learn it and, 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 and get it as they go through this kind of stuff? Because you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. They hang mm-hmm. around people. They, they hang around people that they're comfortable with. They think like a dipshit, like they do. And see, the, they won't tell. Uh, they won't tell the people that they hang around with. Won't tell them it's a stupid idea, because they're afraid to hurt their feelings. And they won't tell the other guy it's a stupid idea for the same reason. And that's, i.e., where we are with political correctness. You know, when when I I I, I was. Uh, uh, I was stood in a corner with a dunce cap most of my grammar school day, years. <laughs> now, can just imagine that happening today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all know who they are, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, we just don't talk about it. I, I, do you, do you, are you always this way in terms of talking about the elephant in the room? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm this way when I wake up in the morning and I'm this way just before I go to sleep. And I go to sleep. I go to. I fall asleep every night saying my prayers. So you're a religious guy then? No, um, but uh, I'm I'm not religious in that sense. But I say my prayers every day along with my affirmations. Okay. You think uh, do affirmations help? Amen, brother. What? And is that is that again related back to the to the self esteem piece of it? Well, it, well. Everybody understands affirmation. If you're a world-class athlete, you understand affirmations. Mm-hmm. That's how you got to be a world-class athlete. Well, Michael I Jordan s- was that. Michael Jordan was that way. And, you yeah, know, Michael, absolutely. If we take Michael in terms of the affirmations he used to do, he used to always visualize throughout the day the ball swishing through the hoop, swishing through the hoop, swishing through the hoop. Is that the kind of affirmations exactly, you're talking about, or are you exactly, talking about exactly. more positive? No, yeah. no. I mean those, but I, you know, I, 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 my affirmations, other than the ones around my kids success are uh i foresee every deal being closed i'm working on a big asian uh alternative energy deal now i already see the close goldman sachs on one side of the table uh jp morgan on the other side of the table i see the contracts being signed and i see you know the net worths of the people that are part of my team being increased by you know millions and in a couple cases 20 million i see that before it happens so when it happens it's like deja vu yeah so it's a visualization of those things that manifest themselves as the outcome. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Which I, I, you know, I'm one of those people as well, Dan, to be honest with you. I, I, I see, I'm always honest with you, so I shouldn't have said it like that. So, um, because I, I'm pretty straightforward. If I, I think you're full of bullshit, I'll tell you you're full of bullshit. But if, if I like what you're saying, I'll, I'll, then I'll, I'll reaffirm that. But I'll also, 
um, ask other questions to kind of get to a different point because I think it's just fun to have the, to at least talk around those points, even if I don't agree with them, um, because it makes me think about my things more. But the when you say the affirmations or the manifestations that or the visuals that I manis- manifest themselves, I always see the outcomes of those things in seconds. And are you like that or do you mull them over? No, no. I, you know, I may be wrong, but I'm never in doubt. <laughs> well, but when you do find out that you that your doubt wasn't as good as being right, what do you have to well, do? Well, so- I mean, it's it's like last year. I told people I did 22 deals that failed. I did four deals that were successful, and nobody's interested in the 22 uh, strikeouts I had at the plate. They're only right. interested in the four uh, deals that I knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, the. Um, the most important thing, one of the most important things, is you got to keep swinging at the plate. You can't hit it. You right. can't hit a slant, grand slam if you're never swinging at the plate. Most people stay in the dugout right. of life. Right. Never get up and again getting back to just fucking do it, which is correct. Kind of a good good way to to remember. Let me take a, another quick break here for a second because okay. I want to talk about whether or not some people might think about owning a franchise, and I'd like to get your opinion about that. And we. I, Give, give the folks at Liberty Tax Service a call. With 20 years in business of taxes and franchising, they can help you become your own boss and show you um, why taxes make a great business. You're never going to get away from taxes. Tax is always going to be here. So that's one of the things you're going to have to run into. And then, so other people, people and businesses are going to need tax help. So check out Liberty Tax Franchise. In fact, I just interviewed their founder um, for a television show I'm doing, um, as well as the executive officer. So I'm really looking forward to the show. And that's going to be on C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite TV. I'm pretty excited about that show because uh, I talked to John Hewitt, who's done it three times. Uh, Dan, this guy's done it three times. He started H&R Block, and he said, hey, we should get into the software uh, internet business. And they said no. And so he went off with his father, I think is his father. And they started, uh, they went and bought Jackson, which became Jackson Hewitt. They sold that for 480-some million bucks, and then they went off and started Liberty Tax. And now they're about to announce another franchise and uh, that they're creating in, in conjunction. So pretty cool uh, success story. Yeah, I, I call John the granddaddy of taxes because he's been around it for 40-some years, which is a, a long time. You do your own taxes? No, no, I no. have, uh, I have uh, people that do all that stuff for me. So t- tell me more about the seven steps of QLA. Um, well, the, the, the basis is like building a house or a building. You're only as good as your foundation. And the first uh, th- uh, th- four steps are about building your own personal foundation. We have two bank accounts in life, Jeff. We have a financial bank account and we have an emotional bank account. Most people worry about their financial bank account, but it's the emotional bank account that goes dry when you can't make the payroll and you can't do this and you can't do that because your, your comfort zone hasn't been stretched to that. So we spend a lot of time building up your, uh, um, your personal bank account through expanding your comfort zone. Uh, we, uh, we, we have you uh, experience the wealth. We go look at $5 million houses, go to restaurants you can't afford, go spend a weekend uh, at, a, at a resort that you wouldn't normally go to. Uh, I tell people, uh, use the accountants and lawyers you cannot afford Um, because those are the people, unlike show me your friends and show me your future, uh, are not like you. They weren't raised like you. And unless unless your uh, mother and father are Agassiz and Steffi Graf, 
you don't know anything about being a world champion. And, um, and, and most parents uh, will say, well, I did the best I could. Uh, or they'll say, uh, I didn't know any better. Well, that, that, that dog doesn't hunt. So it's up to us. It's, it's like uh, Bill Gates said several years ago, which he's backed away from now. Being p- born poor is not your fault. Dying poor is your fault. Mm. So do these guys pay you then to come to this, to oh, this so the realization? Castle seminar, the castle seminar mm-hmm. is the only thing I do, and that you pay for that. Yeah. Uh, and I give them uh, six times a year to the castle, and then I mentor you for free for a year after that. And it's, uh, not everybody finishes the program. And sure. it's, uh, it's, it's a tough program. So much, and, like, a master, a much the, like a mastermind then. Except I'm not interested in their opinions. Mm -hmm. I'm only interested in my opinion because I've done it tens of thousands of time, you know, tens of thousands, and I've I've had a lot of success. How many people Uh, you get going through this program in a year? Twenty to twenty-four people every other month. Mm. New group every time. Yeah. Well, we have five percent are repeats, right? uh, Because they want to repeat, not because they have to repeat, and they they just pay again. So is that the primary business today for you? No, no, no. I'm involved in... You're still doing the investments? Alternative and... energy. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm involved in alternative energy. I'm involved in the internet. Um, but um, I don't own any stocks or bonds. Uh, the uh, uh, I don't own any uh, property anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. I liquidated all that stuff about the turn of the century. So why, so why are you living in Scotland? Because I moved here in 1984 because I wanted to be near the home of golf, yeah. St. Andrews. You, you love golf? Oh, I, I used to. I used to play every single day. <laughs> Did but you my, really? Yeah, yeah but, but, but now my um, hand-eye coordination uh, isn't uh, what it used to be, and I can't stand playing poor golf, so I don't, I don't hardly yeah. play anymore. Although I have my Some own golf course f- here. I built my own golf course here. Good for you. So is there is, uh, but is good fishing up in Scotland? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah salmon fishing is terrific. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it really is the. Um, so you know, you you used a a rough. I call it a rough word. You used the c word. You called somebody. Well, I think you probably called a number of people the c word. Yep. So, in some of these people, I would imagine they're in this castle program. How do Correct. you get by? How do you get by with that? Well, I why mean, would you call I, somebody that? By the because way, because what what I mean is they're a coward. Yeah. And they oh, are. I coward better than the other yeah, word. Yeah, well, I mean, ca- seriously. I mean, I well, use some pretty rough language, too. You yeah, could but, probably but, tell but, me. I think we've ca- both been on the... Yeah, but, but coward isn't impactful enough. Is that what you got to do to get their attention? You got to be that shocking? I mean, yes. I peel them mm-hmm. down to their, their bone marrow. Mm-hmm. And, the, uh, and it's not for everybody. I mean, it just isn't. Yeah. I mean, uh, 100, 120 hour, hours a week isn't for everybody. Yeah. How many times have you been punched out? Uh, probably half a dozen. <laughs> was it usually after calling them that? No, no, I had nothing yeah. to do with that. Yeah. I had people here that asked me to break their jaw. Yeah. Hit me. I want to remember this forever. And why would someone... So I oblige them. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting way. Interesting way to be taught. Well, I mean, it's not, again, it's not dissimilar to the, the military training I went through. Uh, and it was, and it's not dissimilar to Navy SEALs, uh, bud program. It's not right. dissimilar, except we don't do the physical. We do the mental side. Mm-hmm. 
So is that where you tie in? Because I've heard you say you're part, part, part Freud, part Patton. So it's a kind of, kind of tying those two together. Did you, it? You know, I, I. It's interesting because there's a theme that's running through a lot of the people that I'm interviewing. I, I had Stedman Graham on not too long ago, and some others. And everybody asked me what's some of the themes that I hear. I always hear about people. That's one. You know, the the success of companies is really around the people, which we always know that's the case. But but great people, you know, lead to great things. But but the underlying piece of it that I keep hearing, and you're you're reinforcing that, is that kind of like check yourself before you wreck yourself kind of mentality. That if you don't have your your shit together on your own, how can you expect to get others to do and rally around you to to go where you want to go? Exactly. And, that, and I think this. So I'm just when did you when did you kind of find that self-esteem piece being the core of the pieces that you would, you know, get focused on for a lot of people on on uh, June the 1st, 1967 was mm-hmm. the day uh, I was commissioned and made an officer and a gentleman by the act of the United States Congress. And my life its the only high performance thing I'd ever done. I was 20 years old, and the world has been my oyster ever since. So that was the turning point for you. Correct. I had been, I had been arrested five times before that. I flunked mm-hmm. out of university three times. I did some horrific things. All of my arrests were alcohol-induced, but mm-hmm. uh, that's not any excuse. Probably raised I, more, I would imagine, a little bit of raising hell, right? So rebellious more than bit. More than a little bit, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Uh, okay. And then that, and then that, that was that the the crowning moment that said, "Hey, I'm fucking somebody," and yes. this is an acknowledgement of that. Yes, it was it, because I had never done anything other than get, get thrown out of school and getting a lot of fights. Mm-hmm. And then, then from that point onward, onward, did you say, "Hey, look, I can leave that behind," or does it does it pop up from time to time for you, Dan? Oh, from time even we, even yeah, at the age you're at, I mean, does it well, pop up? The last time I got arrested was uh, February the tenth, nineteen seventy-seven. Okay. And so, what'd you get arrested uh, for? Uh, uh, Beating up a cop. <laughs> okay. Which could be popular in some places, but. Yeah, well, um, it wasn't popular when they took me off the jail and they almost beat me to death. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't so popular, even then. Yeah. So, but but I mean, does it manifest itself? Do you from time to time? Do you ever have doubts? No, never. Yeah. Not anymore. Right? No, well, I haven't for a long, long time. I mean, yeah, yeah. now I, again, I'm so used to being, you know, you know, it, it says on my you know, someplace, I have the Midas touch. Well, that's an exaggeration, but I mean, I'm so used to being successful and having success with the kids. The um, it's just, you know, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, I I've turned donkeys into racehorses. Well, they always had the racehorse gene. They just didn't know they they didn't look in the mirror to see themselves as real racehorses, right? You're absolutely correct. Yeah, you're absolutely correct on that. Well, well, Dan, it's been enlightening and been opening, and 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 keep keep selling the dream, um, and uh, and keep telling people how to how to how they can too become the fifty billion dollar man. So thanks for joining us right here on All Business, and thank you for the opportunity. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. You know, every time I end a show, I like to talk about the lessons learned. My biggest lesson learned today, 
Um, two things. One, I, I reaffirm this all the time. You got to get yourself in order. If you have yourself in order, it leads to great, great things. I guess I'm, I'm going to use three because it just came to me too. Visualization, the visualization of success. You know, I always do this. I can always see what it's going to be before it is. And I think of it right away. And so how do you do that? Some people clip things out of a magazine, paste them around. Hey, there's a picture of my car, picture of the fur coat, picture of this. Um, for me, it just comes into my head as to what it's going to look like in the end. And I think that leads me to get there a lot faster. And then um, last but not least, sometimes you got to shock the hell out of yourself. And you got to have somebody just knock you upside the head, kind of like your football coach used to do upside the helmet to make a point uh, in football practice. Now, maybe not everybody had that as much as I did, but I, I got hit in the head a lot. So sometimes in business and in life, you got to shock yourself. And, and um, that's what Dan does with the language a little bit. In fact, he's used some really rough language, as we talked about on the show, and in, and the way in which he used the C word, and it's not the word coward. Uh, it was a much worse word than that. But anyway, think about that as you're building your business. What do you got to do to shock yourself? What do you got to do to visualize? And then, man, get yourself in order, my friend. And you can do all that right here on All Business. And don't forget to tell your friends to find us right here on C-Suite Radio. This is Jeffrey Hazlett, and this has been All Business. Welcome to C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.